0: Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. The following message continues as part two of an archive teaching by Dr. Forrest titled Five Benefits of Speaking in Tongues. So the five benefits that I came up with, granted, there are other people who have taught this subject who have come up with more benefits, and but I believe these five, even though there's some overlap and there's some similarities, really bring out what, what I desire to bring out for this congregation. Five benefits. Of praying in tongues. Number one, praying in tongues brings rest, refreshing, and edification to your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Number two, praying and singing in tongues produces intimate communion with and powerful worship of the Father. Number three, praying in tongues is a doorway into the mysteries of God, it increases your sensitivity to the realm of the Spirit. Number four, praying in tongues helps you fulfill your individual destiny as a believer. And number five, praying in tongues empowers you to pray perfect prayers of intercession in the Spirit. Now, two weeks ago, we started this series with number one, praying in tongues brings rest, refreshing, and edification to your spirit, soul, and body. And I'm just going to briefly recap that, and then we're going to move on. The prophet Isaiah seven hundred years before the day of Pentecost he prophesied Isaiah chapter twenty eight verse eleven and twelve he said for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing yet they would not hear. Now Paul says in first Corinthians fourteen twenty one That 700 years before the day of Pentecost, Isaiah prophesied the coming of tongues, but he also prophesied that there would be a people that would be hard-hearted to the message of the gift of tongues. And they would not receive it. It was true in Paul's day, and sad to say, it is true in our day. We spend a lot of time talking about how the Bible likens moving water to the moving of the Spirit. The Bible calls it Living water. And as we're going to find out, living water is also a type of God speaking to man and man speaking to God. In two places in Revelation, John said, I heard the voice of the Lord and it was like the voice of many waters. Jesus said in John 7, 38, he that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's quoting Isaiah fifty-eight, eleven. 11. It, it conjures up the idea of a rising up, a springing up, that's coming up out of your innermost being. And I believe it is a direct reference to praying and singing to the Lord in tongues. So get used to associating moving water with living water with the life of God, with the cleansing and healing power of God, and the words of God, either coming from Him to you or from you to Him. Amen? That's the language that we talked about. We spent some time developing that last week. And 1 Corinthians 14.4 talked about, we talked about this two weeks ago, how that he that prayeth in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Amen? The King James says edify. English Standard Version says he builds himself up. The Greek word there is oikodomio. Oiko means to build, domio means a house, a domicile, a dome. So, build up the house. And that word carries with it the implication that the house will have a foundation upon which you build and that you once you build the building, it will from time to time need to be renovated and repaired. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, You're building up more than just your spirit. Now I came out of Word of Faith, the Word of Faith movement, and they had a teaching that went something like this. Praying in the spirit is to your spirit like weightlifting is to your body. In other words, they taught it that it was only a spiritual benefit. Well, I can tell you right now from my understanding of the word, it's more than that. It says, he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself, his whole self, spirit, soul, and body. So when you pray in the spirit, you actually build up your spirit, your soul and your body. There was a study done at Oral Roberts that actually showed that people who prayed in the spirit release endorphins into their body system, just like when you exercise. It also has been shown to boost your immune system. So there is bodily benefit when you pray in the Holy Spirit. And people who stay away from it are depriving themselves of a way of repairing and restoring their body. Jude one twenty says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, when you do, you build yourself up. Guess what? Same word. Oikodomio. You build up the house that you live in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the very act, Jude says, you build yourself up on your most holy faith. The very act of praying in tongues is an act of faith. So you're exercising your faith when you pray in tongues. So, that's recap of number one. Number two, praying and singing in tongues produces intimate communion with and powerful worship of the Father. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 Paul said, so what is it then? I will speak in the Spirit, and I'll speak with my understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with my understanding. I will pray in the Spirit, and I'll pray with the understanding. And that is a, that is a direct reference to praying in tongues. If you read the preceding verses, praying in the Spirit is not code word to keep from offending people about Tongues. It's Paul's terminology for praying in tongues. Anywhere you find it talked about in the New Testament, it is absolutely talking about praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues are all synonyms one for the other. Amen? So praying and singing in tongues produces intimate communion with and powerful worship of the Father. Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of, of thy waterspouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Isn't it interesting that the psalmist here cries out and he says, The deepest part of my heart calls to the deepest part of your heart at the noise of thy waterspouts. There again, you have moving water associated with speech. Again, I believe this is a type, this is an Old Testament type of praying in the Holy Ghost. Understand what I'm trying to get across to you here. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in tongues, there is a deep connection that connects the deepest part of the heart of God with the deepest part of your heart. And it's very intimate and it's very powerful. I've been praying in the Spirit before. Just move with tears because I knew I had a direct hotline to God. I knew that everything I was praying was best for me, that God was searching out my heart, finding out what I needed, and he was sharing his heart with me and I was sharing my heart with him. There's nothing like it. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. It's all thy waves and thy billows. That's talking about crashers. That means you can get to the point where you're totally engulfed In the water and the seas of God. When you get into that zone where your heart and God's heart are linked together. Now Jonah chapter 2 verse 3. Jonah is in the belly of the whale. He's in the depths of the ocean. He's missed God bigger than Dallas. You know it's big if it's bigger than Dallas. And so at his lowest moment in his life in ministry. He calls out to the Lord and he quotes Psalm 42. He says in verse 3 For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compass me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Same exact language. He's saying, Lord, the deepest part of my heart is calling unto the deepest part of your heart. I repent, Lord. I missed it. Help me get back on track. Help me back to where I'm supposed to be. And if you know the end of the story, after Jonah prayed this prayer, God had the whale vomit him up on the shore, right on the path where he needed to go to get to Nineveh. Amen. I remember a time in the mid 90s when I was going through some stuff. And I tell you what, all I could do was just sit at my desk and pray in the spirit. And I would put my head on my desk and I would just say, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, help me. All I knew to do was pray in the Holy Ghost. Open up that hotline to God. Let Him search the deepest part of my heart. And let Him share the deepest part of His heart. And ask Him to deliver me out of my circumstances and set me back on the right path. I've been there. I know you've been there. Next time you're there, next time you're facing overwhelming circumstances and you just don't know what to do about it, pray in the Holy Ghost. Romans 8, 26 says the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. You know, there in the classical Greek in articulate language or in the language of your mother tongue. It takes more than that. And when you pray that way, you're praying perfect intercession for the saints of God and also for yourself. So you pray in the Holy Ghost. You're praying exactly what you need at that moment to get you out of your predicament or to help you with your circumstances. As you don't know how to pray as you ought. When you don't know how to pray as you ought, I'm telling you, it's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. We've all been there. i got so many things going on in my life, I don't even know where to begin to pray. It's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. It's time, as the writer of the Hebrews said, to cease from your own works and enter into the rest and the refreshing of God. You can't work it out. You can't figure it out. You've got to rest in the refreshing of the Lord that you can, can rely on. And the grace of God will be poured out as you pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 talks about there, there are things that are so wonderful that they cannot be discerned in the natural. They have, to be, they have to be demonstrated to you. They have to be revealed to you by the Spirit. And verse 10 says... But God hath revealed these things unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches, that word means investigates, all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now listen to this, verse 11 says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So there's the Scripture in the New Testament that backs up when you get into this place of the Spirit, God is able to search out the deepest part of your heart and he knows exactly what you need and when you need it. Also, you are able to search the deepest heart of God's heart and he can reveal to you certain things that you wouldn't know unless God revealed them to you. Certain things about your ministry, your calling, that fulfill a longing in God's heart. Did you know God has a longing for you to fulfill your destiny? Because there's something in His heart that needs to be fulfilled, and He's trusting you to help Him get it done on planet Earth. So when you get into this zone where you pray in the Holy Ghost, a lot of times you think it's just for you, for God to search out what's going on in your heart. But sometimes it's for you to search out what's going on in God's heart. And you get a revelation for how he feels about what you're doing. And the passion associated with it. And I'm telling you what, once you tap into the passion of God, you will not lack passion in your life and ministry. You'll see it the way God sees it. And the key is praying in other tongues. Amen? Hallelujah. Many times we'll be worshiping the Lord, and I'll begin to sing in the Spirit. It'll just come up out of my spirit. Listen, listen. Don't just pray in the spirit, sing in the spirit. You know, but I don't know how to sing out of the melodies and everybody sounds different than mine and you know, I'm not a really good singer. It doesn't matter. Sing in the spirit. Sing in tongues. Solo ba la 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 just brought peace to the room, didn't it? Just learn to sing in the Spirit. Of course, you should sing in English. That's your mother tongue. But there's a time and a place when you get into the presence of God when you become so overwhelmed. Those waves and those billows, they just overtake you. And it is difficult to express how you feel with your mother tongue. That's when it's time to pray in tongues or to sing in tongues. Amen? Amen. And let that what's inside of you come out. Give it expression. There have been times in my life where I drive around and I, you know, do my thing and the affairs of my day. And the situation is such that I'm always in front of people or I'm always in a public place where I cannot give expression to what's inside me. And I've had days like that where five or six hours I haven't had a moment alone and I get in my car and I turn the key on. And before I do anything, that praise, that joy, that that's inside me will just burst forth because it's been bottled up for five or six hours. Maybe you've encountered some people that were difficult to deal with. You know where you feel the spirit of slap come on you. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? And so you deal with frustration for five or six hours and you get in your car Or you get somewhere alone and the first thing that happens is that Holy Ghost on the inside of you. He's wanting you to let that out. Let's just let some joy out. Let's let some praise out. Let's not let these frustrations bowl us over. And it just erupts. It's like a volcano that you can only hold down for so long, you know. You know, you've heard me talk about... I pray in tongues so much, I pray in the car all the time. If I don't have praise and worship music on, I'm praying in tongues. And people drive by me all the time and say, Brother Scott, we drove by you and you were cussing up a storm. I said, I wasn't cussing, I was praying. Well, you were praying awful fast because your lips was moving real fast. (laughs) I'm like, well, I was praying in tongues. Some of them understood what I meant, some of them didn't. I tell you, I pray in tongues so often my wife can verify this. I speak in tongues in my sleep. Last week, she said, babe, this is what you did last night. You just burst forth in tongues and you gave a message in tongues and you interpreted it. And it was about defending the children and the armies of Israel. Now, I did that in my sleep and I have absolutely no recollection of that. That came out of my spirit, independent of my mind. Now, I like that. I had an encounter in March of 2005 where I was once again speaking in tongues in my sleep. And in my dream, while I'm speaking in tongues, I'm standing before the throne of God. and God was sitting on the throne. And by the way, it is a massive throne and he is a massive God. I saw his feet. I saw his shins. I saw his thighs. I saw, I saw his midsection. I saw right about to chest high. And then everything above that was just smoke. And I'm just standing there, and I'm just worshiping God in tongues. In my sleep, I didn't know that I was doing it with my natural voice, but my wife was there listening to the whole thing. And she kind of woke me up after it was over. She said, baby, you better write everything down because the Lord gave me a prophetic word from the throne of God to sustain me for the next couple of years through some really rough times. So I'm telling you, you can get to the point where you pray in the Spirit, Where you pray in your dreams in tongues. You pray in sleep in tongues. There's an intimate place that you can get to when you pray in the Holy Ghost. It's a special place. It's a special bond, a special line of communication like no other. Amen. You need to exercise it daily. Well, Father God, do you have anything more than I could get into this morning? i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to start number three. And we'll just uh, sort of introduce it and we'll pick it up uh, where we leave off next week. Number three benefit of praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is a doorway into the mysteries of God. It increases your sensitivity to the realm of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians fourteen two says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit He speaketh mysteries. This word mysteries from the Greek word mysterion. It means secrets that are only known or only revealed to a select few. To an elect. Now, the central truth of the gospel, which is the church, Christ in you, the hope of glory, was revealed to the Apostle Paul and he revealed it to us in his writings. Where do you think Paul got that kind of revelation? Well, I think it has something to do with 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul says, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. He was a tongue talker. And because he was a tongue talker, God gave him great revelation. Revelation that was hidden in the heart of God before time began was given to Paul because he was a prayer in the Holy Ghost. Amen? John 16, 13 says, you can get to a place in the Holy Spirit and he will begin to show you things to come. The Holy Ghost can do that. And one of the ways that you open your heart to that is by praying in the Holy Ghost, praying out these mysteries. Now over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 through 11, the same word is used. Paul says, for we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery comes from the same word, mysterion. Had the princes of this world known, that's a reference to the demonic kingdom, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because they would have realized they were enforcing their own defeat through the finished work of Christ in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. But they didn't know because it wasn't revealed to them. So evidently from the word itself and from the context there in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, These mysteries that we're talking about in the Scripture are mysteries that were known only to God until He chose to reveal them to man or to you as an individual by His Spirit. And that's available when you pray in other tongues. Amen. Oh Lord, I pray for my fellow believers who have shunned the Holy Spirit and stiff-armed tongues because they didn't understand it or because they were too hard-hearted. I look forward to a day, Father God, when you invade the denominational churches once again with your Holy Spirit of power and people get baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues and the fire of God falls on them. I pray it and I see a day coming, Lord, and I receive it in Jesus' name. They just come up out of my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Haha, there's coming a day, I can't get off of this, when only the most hard-hearted will not be filled. Joel said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. But that scripture was only partially fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. I tell you what, he's going to raise up a church without spot or wrinkle, a glorious church. I believe there's coming a day when there will not be one sick person in the body of Christ. (laughs) Signs, wonders, and miracles will be the watchword of the day. And we're going out with a bang, not a whimper. Now, if you believe in the rapture the way I do, I don't believe it is a rescue operation. We're just hanging on till Jesus takes us out of here before the Antichrist consolidates his power. That's hardly the picture of the victorious church. No, we're going to be walking on the earth and we're going to walk and talk and act like Jesus. And we're going to do the greater works that he talked about. And we're going to rock this world and we're going to make maximum impact. Bring in a harvest of souls like never before. And then we're going out. But not before. So if you're looking for a sign of the end times, let me tell you, Brother Scott's number one sign of the end times worldwide revival with signs, wonders, and miracles. Forget people's heads getting cut off. Look to the one sign where you'll know for sure the coming of the Lord is near as worldwide revival. Forget the one world government. Think about. Worldwide revival. Signs, wonders, miracles being poured out on the earth like never before. Can you think of a miracle that's greater than some of the miracles that Jesus did? He raised three people from the dead. Well, Smith Wigglesworth in the 1940s raised ten people from the dead. So maybe that's greater in magnitude. But something on the inside of me tells me that it's more than just magnitude. It's intensity as well. How about this? Somebody brings you an urn. And Aunt Susie's in the urn because she's been cremated. And the Lord says, lay hands on that urn and raise Susie from the dead. And all of a sudden, Susie's standing right before you. I'd say that qualifies as greater than just raising somebody from the dead that's still pretty much intact. You think, well, Brother Scott, that's pretty far-fetched. I don't believe it's far-fetched at all. There's a day coming when that kind of power will be loosed on the earth. And it'll start, listen to me, it'll start with the tongue talkers. Amen. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Well, let's learn as a people of God to appreciate the gift of tongues. Let's not let that weapon lay on the ground. Let's pick it up and let's use it on a daily basis. We hope you enjoyed today's message on Five Benefits of Speaking in Tongues. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at GoFaithLife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith life Wilmington. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection and he's coming back again.